This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. We here at Studios America are all about accountability. If you make a promise to someone, well, you better keep it, or I'm going to call you out so hard, your future great-grandkids will feel it. And who better to direct our scrutiny at than the president of the United States, one Joseph Robinette Biden Jr. Because if we don't scrutinize him, no one else seems to be interested in doing it. So let's take a quick trip back to 2019. If I'm elected president, you're going to see the single most important thing that changes America is we're going to cure cancer. <gasps> wow, there we go. He's going to cure cancer, everybody. Now, I know everyone likes to drag out the old cancer moonshot during campaign season, but for some reason, I just really believed him here. A world without cancer sounds pretty amazing, and Dr. Joe seems like just a guy who can get us there. So it's been two years. Is the cure for cancer out on pharmacy shelves yet for public consumption? Let's uh, check out, uh, no, no, it's, it's, it's not. So close and yet so far away. Keep working on it, Joe. You'll get there someday, very, very soon, I'm sure. I thought this guy was on some big winning streak. He hasn't even cured cancer yet. That was like one of his first campaign promises. So now, and yes, we've really made this site. You can track the president's progress at hasjoebidencuredcancer.com. Head there now. It's got live to the second updates on whether Joe Biden has cured cancer. And I am sure the whole thing will be over any minute now. So go to hasjoebidencuredcancer.com. Share this important research to all of America. And yes, once again, it, it is a real sight. And after we go to hasjoebidencuredcancer.com, we can move on to fixing the next big problem in our society, removing senile 80-year-olds from the White House. Stu does America. BlazeTV.com slash Stu is the place to go to subscribe to Blaze TV. Do it! Do it now and click like on YouTube if you happen to be watching the video there. We would appreciate that. Joy Pullman is going to be here to tell us what to expect from the new school year and what to expect out of this uh, Donald Trump situation in Florida. Merrick Garland breaks his silence on that Trump aid a raid. We'll get to that as well. But we start by doing Biden's winning streak. We're told that Joe Biden's in the middle of a winning streak. Have you have you noticed that? I feel like when I I see someone in the middle of a great run, we typically all sort of agree. Wow, this has been going well. Yet I don't feel the difference. I still feel like there's a lot of failure and just terrible things going on. But I'm apparently not at all in agreement with the media now. You may have noticed when Biden has been doing poorly, there has been some coverage of that. The polls have been really bad. People have pointed it out. People have been disappointed by the presidency. Even the media has pointed this out from time to time. But here's the thing. We're getting really close to election time now. So we have to have a new narrative. We can't go into an election with Joe Biden is a bad president. We have to go into it with a new batch of Joe-mentum. Yes, 
He is on a big-time winning streak. If you don't believe me that the narrative has changed, let me give you just a couple of examples. Uh, Newsweek, Joe Biden just had the best week of his presidency. CNN, how Biden's big win in the Senate could change America and reshape his fortunes. Uh, New York Magazine, the Biden age is hitting its stride. I mean, we we said we wanted them to talk about Biden's age. And then here, here, here we go. Biden's BFD comes from Axios. That, of course, stands for big effing deal. Mm. Uh, Financial Times, the unexpected triumph of Joe Biden. Unexpected and kind of unnoticed. I haven't really noticed it much. Wait, is Biden a better president than people thought, asks Politico? The answer to that is no. It's the same question and the same answer, at least, uh, as the cancer question we covered a little bit earlier. Uh, Biden's remarkable summer from the New York Times. WAPO says inside Biden's hot streak from the poolside to the Capitol. So now you got to picture Joe Biden by the pool. If that doesn't make you physically ill, I don't know what will. Biden suddenly is piling up wins. Can Dems make it stick? It's a pile of something. I don't know if it's a pile of wins, but it is a pile of something. Biden is on a roll that any president would relish. Is it a turning point? I'm sorry, is this a bit? Is this like a long comedy bit that the media decided to do and just What do you mean he's on a roll that any president would relish? He's got an approval rating in the 30s. And finally, this one just, I mean, you don't get any better than this. Did Democrats just save civilization? Real New York Times headline. The answer to that, by the way, same as the cancer answer. No, they did not. So I wanted to take a moment, at least, and examine this supposed winning streak because I think I've missed some of the wins. Frankly, I'm trying to understand what the wins are and how we're supposed to process them, because I will say I don't get it so far. Uh, Let's start with Biden's win, the raid on Mar-a-Lago. Now, this is being presented as a win for Joe Biden. It doesn't feel like a win for Joe Biden. And after all, he knew nothing about it in advance. You have to understand total shock to him. Total surprise in every way. He never would have seen this coming. Certainly the guy that he was closely aligned with when he tried to name him as the Supreme Court nominee and then later on named him to another high profile cabinet level role. That guy just didn't mention it. I just forgot that he was we're we're raiding the former president's house, your likely opponent. I should have mentioned it before. Sorry about that. He had no idea. Uh, Here is, by the way, Merrick Garland talking about the reasons for that warrant to do the raid in Mar-a-Lago. The department filed the motion to make public the warrant and receipt in light of the former president's public confirmation of the search, the surrounding circumstances and the substantial public interest in this matter. Mm, This guy's electric. We're going to get into this a little bit more with Joy Pullman here in a couple of minutes. Uh, How about the win for Joe Biden? He didn't die from COVID twice. So he got COVID twice and he lived through it. So that's a win. Winning streak uh, maintained. How about Biden's win? The gas prices are down. Yes, they're down from record highs. A huge win. Now, none of the up was his fault. But all of the down is apparently his doing. And I thought we'd look into this a little bit more because uh, Corinne Jean-Pierre 
was standing out in front of the podium with her fancy sign. It says gas prices are down 86 cents. And you see this little piece of a graph with a down sloping line. What a wonderful story to tell. Now, there's a couple things wrong with this particular chart. First of all, it doesn't address the reason why prices are down. And the reason's a bit disturbing, frankly. Demand is down. Now, why would demand be down? You'd think if the economy is roaring, demand would be up. But no, demand for gas is down in the middle of the summer travel season. For many people, the first time they've been able to do anything since COVID started. And the demand is so low, it's actually below the COVID year. I mean, like 2020, we are now below the demand for gasoline of August 2020. I don't know if that just tells us we are in real trouble with the economy and it hasn't hit us yet, or it's just some weird quirk. Maybe people got to travel for the first time post-COVID and realized they didn't like it, so they're just staying home. I don't know. Maybe they all bought electric cars. Who knows? But man, that's a weird, weird thing that demand would be lower. And I will point out, here's the, you know, they showed you that little tiny slice of the graph with the sloping down line as if this was the only part of the gas price story that Joe Biden had been a part of. We got lots of charts for you today. Chartapalooza, conservanerds unite. Here's the chart of the last couple of years of gas prices. And, you know, you kind of see a recent decline, but that follows multiple years of nonstop increase. And I, I've anna, annotated this for you uh, so you could see. You see where Biden gets elected and where he gets sworn in. The green line sort of at the bottom there shows what the gas prices were when he was sworn in. And they're pretty low, like 230 something a gallon. Then the whole Russian invasion thing, which they blamed on uh, the, all the rises. You see there, that was 355. We're still above 385. So, yes, they've come down a little bit. And you see that little rectangle there on the uh, side of the chart. That's the only part of this chart that Corinne Jean-Pierre decided to show you to tell you how completely disingenuous this administration is. All right. Let's keep going through this incredible win streak. Biden got one sock on this morning all by himself. That's not confirmed, but we've, we're hearing reports of that. Uh, when we get that confirmed, we'll tell you. We know he can't get more than one sleeve of his jacket on by himself, but we'll get into that maybe later. Uh, the assassination or killing of Ayman al-Zawahiri. Now, this one, I think, is a legitimate win for the country. I, look, I, did I give Donald Trump credit for killing Soleimani? Did I give Barack Obama credit for killing Osama bin Laden? I mean, they have a role in it. They're, they're the commanders in chief of the military at the time it happens. Obviously, this is really a military win, but we'll give it to them. I think that's a good thing for the country, and I'm excited it happened. Unlike the left, so when, when Zawahiri, or excuse me, when Soleimani was killed, they said it was like the worst thing ever. It was going to call, cause a nuclear war and that the president was erratic and reckless. I'm not going to say that about Zawahiri dying because I, I think it's a good thing. I think it was a win here. Um, I don't know if it's a Biden win, but it's a win. How about this one? Biden was only slightly racist to a Dunkin Donuts employee. And I, I saw that in a tweet. Don't know if it's true. Usually he's really racist to them, but this time only somewhat racist, if that report can be believed. He signed the Chips and Science Act. Another big win for Joe Biden. Is it a win, though? 
Is it a win when you're in the middle of a giant inflationary period to spend another $280 billion on something that most likely isn't going to work? Let's be honest about it. Now, of course, this wasn't just Biden. This was the Republicans, too. They deserve just as much of the blame for this one. There's some argument to be made, obviously, when it comes to domestic manufacturing of important components. Uh, Actually, what you really want is a diversified. You don't want them all here in America, too. We screw up stuff, too. You kind of want it spread out sort of around the world so you have different sources, generally speaking, in friendly countries. Uh, This is an idea to kind of like dump a bunch of money into this so it can happen here. The chips will be more expensive. You're going to pay for them multiple times. But there could be, at least for national security concerns, some reason here. But again, this is all money we don't have. We don't have $280 billion, and we keep spending money as if we don't understand that we're in a giant inflationary period. Uh, Biden has not fallen off his bike in several weeks in front of cameras. Now, he may have done that privately. We don't know. But the last time he fell off his bike, we saw it and it was pretty ugly. And I will maintain, go back and watch that footage after the show's over. Go back and watch that footage. It's not the fall that is that is concerning. The, the fact that he doesn't seem to want to put his arms down, it happens in slow motion. He just goes all the way to the ground with almost no movement. That's the part of that video that creeps me out. How about he signed the PACT Act, or uh, also known as the John Stewart is currently the president of the United States Act. This, of course, was something that was absolutely going to get signed no matter what. This money was going to go to the veterans. Uh, this is the burn pits bill. It was going to happen anyway, but instead, John Stewart went on social media and then everyone gave John Stewart credit. Is this a win for Joe Biden? I don't know. Again, this was overwhelmingly voted for by both parties. Uh, They created a false controversy as if Republicans were really opposing it when they 100% knew they weren't. But I guess that's a media win in some way. Not certainly not a legitimate win. Uh, Biden also resisted sniffing anyone under the age of 18 and their hair. Now, 19-year-old, 20-year-olds, he's all over it, okay? He's got, he's got the hair deep into the nostrils, deep into the nasal cav- cavity. He's got a ponytail up through the nasal cavity with so much sniffing. But they were like 19 or 20, so that, that's a win for Joe Biden. Uh, inflation is down, all the way down to 8.5%. Now, Biden tried to make this case that it was 0%. This, of course, is a ridiculous, um, disin- ridiculously disingenuous thing to say. We went through this exact claim in detail yesterday. Go back and watch yesterday's show if you'd like to see. But this is the basic, uh, the basic uh, 0% inflation story in action. Anything, you know, the average thing you bought in July 2020, if it cost $100, in July 2021, it cost $105.40. And in July 22, it cost $114.36. Does that seem like 0%? inflation to you. Certainly doesn't to me. There's also the Inflation Reduction Act. And it's amazing in that with that story being told, you'd think, well, maybe we should pass an Inflation Reduction Act. But that's not what this was. Of course, this was a giant climate spending bill uh, and some health care spending bill that's going to cost us $740 billion. And Look, I know what the paperwork says. It says that it's going to increase inflation for, the, for multiple years. And then on the other side of three or four years, it's going to start slightly decreasing inflation eventually in the future after this inflationary period should long be over. But I got, I got news for you. Even that's not true.
that's not going to happen. We'll, we'll join back together in three or four years, and I will tell you how it didn't happen. But for now, we're supposed to act like that's real. But the bigger thing here with this particular win, this is the I, we got Mansion to come vote for our bill. Mansion's in your party. Okay, that's supposed to be the easy part. You got a, two Democrats that were in your own party to vote for your crappy bill. That's not exactly a win. Secondarily, when you pass a giant win or a giant bill, the win is told if the policy works. The win is not passing the bill because the bill could be good or it could be bad. Obviously, Republicans are saying it's going to be bad and Democrats are going to, are saying that it's going to be good. We don't know if this is going to be good or bad yet. So it's not a win. It's not a win to pass a bill when you don't know what the results of it are. And to remind you of this, we also got the story that his big win was the $1.9 trillion uh, infrastructure, well, the $1.1 trillion infrastructure bill, the $1.9 trillion COVID relief bill. Both of these bills were praised also as wins. The one I want to focus on is the $1.9 trillion uh, COVID relief bill, because that one, we were told was his big win. He got it through. It was his big legislative priority. Again, he did it with 50 Democrats. But here's what we uh, found out at the end of that. It caused all the inflation, or at least a good chunk of the inflation, that we're feeling now. So was that bill a win? We're only, usually you have to wait five or six years to know if a bill works or not. This one we know has destroyed the economy almost immediately. So is that, was that a win when they got that through? I certainly didn't think it was a win. Did you think it was a win? You might have thought it was a win to get through uh, get through a bill where you get to spend one point nine trillion dollars. But when it leads to destructive inflation that is destroying the budgets of families all across the country, you don't get to count. You don't get to count that as a win and you can't count on any of his other spending as a win either. Does the bill work? That's when you find out if the bill is a win or not. And finally, Joe Biden seemed to have a real connection with one of Hunter's prostitutes. And that if you if you don't count that as a win, I mean, I I will say the way she was looking at him, I don't even think it was about the money. I think it was a real connection. I think it was deep. And he's going on vacation. I hope he enjoys himself and comes back with as few STDs as humanly possible. Back in a second. So a lot of time is spent on how to protect your family, how to protect your financial future. And it makes sense that people get life insurance because you know, with term coverage, you can get affordable coverage that is going to help protect your family's nest egg, right? Why not pay a little bit each month to protect the ones you love? If you're asking yourself this question and you want to go into the world of life insurance, which you probably should, to be honest with you, choose Ladder. Ladder is 100% digital. There's no doctors, no needles, no paperwork. When you apply for $3 million in coverage or less, you just have to answer a few questions about your health in an application. You need a few minutes and a phone or laptop to apply, and they've got all these smart algorithms, all the computer nerds have done their work. You'll find out instantly if you're approved. There's no hidden fees. You can cancel any time. They make it super easy. You can get a full refund if you change your mind in the first 30 days. Ladder policies are issued by insurers with long proven histories of paying claims. They're rated A and A plus by AM Best. And since life insurance costs more as you age, start early because that's when you're going to get the best deals. Go to ladderlife.com slash stew today. See if you're instantly approved. L-A-D-D-E-R life.com slash stew. Ladderlife.com slash stew. Check it out today. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. 
Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. I'm happy to welcome Joy Pullman back to the program. She's the executive editor for The Federalist. Joy, how's it going? Hi there. Thanks for coming on uh, in a very, very bizarre time with all sorts of strange things to talk about. Um, I want to start, maybe, let's start with what happened today. Merrick Garland does this bizarre statement and tries to explain what's going on. Half the reporting we've heard before this, seemingly uh, untrue. It's so hard to follow all this, but I want to start with maybe the big development of today. This is him talking about how uh, he is going to attempt to unseal the warrant. Listen. Just now, the Justice Department has filed a motion in the Southern District of Florida to unseal a search warrant and property receipt relating to a court-approved search that the FBI conducted earlier this week. That search was of premises located in Florida belonging to the former president. The department did not make any public statements on the day of the search. The former president publicly confirmed the search that evening, as is his right. Copies of both the warrant and the FBI property receipt were provided on the day of the search to the former president's counsel, who was on site during the search. The search warrant was authorized by a federal court upon the required finding of probable cause. So other than the fact that Merrick Garland is just an incredibly electric speaker, what do you take from this, Joy? I mean, I take from this that Democrats have no legitimate reason or argument that they can take to the American people about why they have taken the unprecedented step of criminalizing and and, uh, a former president and entering and raiding his home over a document dispute when Hillary Clinton, for example, uh, was proven and the FBI themselves, James Comey, former FBI director, said he believed she had broken the law. It was very clear, no raids on her home. There was no court processes. She got off scot-free. Um, you know, so we're having Merrick Garland re- resort to talking about boring process arguments because it really is very apparent that the uncreditable Department of Justice and FBI have no good arguments for to defend for their authoritarian and outrageous tactics. You know, I, it really is a strange time. I mean, watching this happen, uh, you know, uh, certainly the hypocrisy, I think, has to... Sp- Mac every conservative right in the face. I mean, you know, you bring up Hillary Clinton. Obviously, Hunter Biden is currently on a plane to a vacation with his dad after we didn't need to search his house to find out that he was with every prostitute in America and was having all sorts of business dealings that his dad seems to be involved in. We have the entire laptop. We have all the information. They will do nothing with it. Yet they're harassing uh, the staff and the home of the former president in an unprecedented way. Like the double standard is so infuriating that you just can't help but point it out. Yeah, if Hillary Clinton were sitting in a jail cell today, then I might believe, (laughs) and we hadn't seen the FBI and DOJ systematically lie 
frame and just, you know, lie to the American people, frame a former president to hamstring an opposition party from the ruling party in power. And and over and over and over a, a step, it's um, legal and it's ethical boundaries. You know, these agencies have no credibility anymore. And so for them to be to be taking this step um, while we don't have, you know, equal actions being taken against prominent Democrats, uh, think about Hillary Clinton, Bill Clinton, Jeffrey Epstein, Andrew Cuomo. You know, you can just go down through the whole list. You know, there is no equal justice under the law, either in, in visibility or in reality, when all of them are marching around scot-free while Donald Trump, who as president was the person who had ultimate authority to decide what documents could be classified, he's being raided over uh, an underling agency deciding that the ultimate authority over classification you know, didn't do it the right way, please. It's it's a farce. It's totally false on its face. It's ridiculous and it's embarrassing. I, I want to talk about the, the the FBI here for a second because you bring up they have no credibility. And, and this is, it's not the normal place I think conservatives have been, right? I mean, if you go back a few years, the left was always saying that all law enforcement should be defunded and destroyed and all of the things they've always said. But this is, I think, a new thing for conservatives in some way where like, this this institution of ours seemingly has gone way off track. And, and I, I, you know, I, 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 you know, Merrick Garland made this big push today in the press conference to say, like, we support our agents. We're not going to have them trashed in public. We won't let the people say these terrible things about them. And I think there was a time not that long ago that I would have had a lot of sympathy for that argument. But right now, it doesn't feel like it's deserved. Well, you know, the FBI and the CIA and the NSA and all those other alphabet soup law enforcement and intelligence agencies have done a very good op on the American people, you know, with the movies and the Hollywood stories about, you know, the FBI, the G-men going after things. But honestly, if you look back to the original, the inception of the uh, FBI, and I did this, you know, a number of months ago, um, I wrote about it. And so I've looked into it some, you know, back in the J. Edgar Hoover days, already the FBI was being used as a tool of political um, agency in his hands. You know, he was reportedly holding hostage the decisions of elected presidents all the way, you know, back then in the anti-communist communist era um, of the United States. So the, the security agency of the United States, uh, I mean, that's that's just you know, way many years ago, but there there have been many other things that I could mention. We don't have space to go into them um, before. But if you look, for example, you know, the intel that we got that supposedly prompted George W. Bush to go into uh, trillions of dollars and, you know, all these American lives lost, nation building to know, um, you know, a national interest of America in Afghanistan and Iraq and many, many other blunders of our foreign policy, of our, our intelligence agencies. You know, Americans should be able to trust um, their law enforcement and their justice system. And we have principles under which, um, you know, those could, you know, those agencies could be restored, um, you know, to trust of the American people, but they have a lot of work to do. And they really never from their inception have been as good as all of the Hollywood movies may have made them out to be. To. <laughs> it's true. There, there, there have been lots of problems in these agencies. And, and this, this is consistent with, with a side of the political sphere that wants smaller government, right? You, you, if you want smaller government, you should want it in all sorts of facets of, of life. And, and when it comes to law enforcement, that's something to look at as well. I think, too, that it, part of this is you see it so consistently. Uh, you know, you, you wrote a piece, uh, the FBI raid on Trump confirms the security uh, state picks who Americans are allowed to vote for. And you go through all the history 
of so many of the scandals of the Trump administration that started out to be these big things. They were all over the media. Everyone told you there was all this evidence that would support them. And then they would Mm -hmm. fizzle out and they would fizzle out and they would fizzle out. And now we're seeing Mark Milley going around. He's giving Mm -hmm. quotes to books like crazy about how he was going to resign. But instead, he decided to stay. And essentially, he's admitting to thwarting the wishes of the commander in chief, which is not our constitutional system at all. So how can you possibly trust any of these uh, any of these agencies anymore? I mean, I honestly don't think that you can. And that is a very dangerous situation to be in um, because it is impossible to have a functioning self-governing system unless you are able to trust that, you know, when you vote and when other people vote, it's a fair and free election and not subject to rigging by, you know, people who do not, you know, who, who, who have more power than they should. You know, every single American citizen should get his or her one vote and they should all be put into the wash and fairly counted and so forth. And we should have all the safeguards that are necessary to assure, you know, the integrity of that process so people can trust it. The same is true of the justice system. And right now what we have are very, very powerful influences, you know, uh, who have vested interest in keeping the game playing system rigged. And I think frankly, that's because it's become so obvious that the political left um, has run out of ideas. You know, they've been running the same line since Franklin Delano Roosevelt, since Woodrow Wilson, you know, and progressivism, you know, has, has uh, just like communism and socialism, all the other outgrowths of collectivism, no matter what you call them, they have failed and they've been very clearly failed. So all they have left is raw exercises of power. And so obviously it would be in their best interest not to make those raw exercises of power as visible so that Americans continue to believe that their votes have the effects that they're intending it and that they're counted fairly. You know, but the, the curtain's being pulled away from that over and over and it's forcing um, these powerful players to get desperate and to get sloppy. Mm, yeah, that's very, very true. Uh, there's a split on the right at some level right now where people are, and I have friends on both sides of this uh, debate, where you know the, the, the end goals are pretty much the same, but the tactics to, to get to a more conservative uh, future uh, are a, a bit dis- diverse at this point. And, and the idea is, do we go down this road where we're trying to, as a goal, limit power of government and make it smaller so it can't have as much effect uh, on, on the people? Or do you try to seize power, as it, win elections, get power, and then utilize that power to try to enforce a, a more conservative vision? Is there room for both of those things? Which way should we be going in this? I mean, I personally think that the situation of a republic is so desperate that it's an all hands on deck situation. Everybody should be doing everything they possibly can wherever they find it, you know, in their means to do whatever is possibly helpful. You know, so in, in, in that effort, we're all going to have different roles to play. So some of us may choose to be poll watchers. Some of us may choose to run for government starting at local levels. I mean, I really believe that the situation in the United States is so bad that what we need to do now is, of course, be thinking about these temporal and scary things such as a raid on a former president um, and leader of the opposition party's home. Um, You know, those inform us what time it is and tell us kind of where the targets are and what needs to be done and motivate people. But I think we also have to realize that this is going to be 10, 20, 30 years 
um, you know, in working towards these problems from the ground up. I don't think it's likely that even though they need it badly, the FBI and DOJ are going to be reformed. You know, it's going to be, you know, basically dismantled and reconstituted in something the American people can trust. That's not going to happen anytime soon, even though it's very desperate. And that means, you know, more bad things are going to be happening uh, over the next couple, you know, years, decades and so forth. So we have to um, be very strategic and wise, have some self-control and, and be thinking about this in terms of, you know, securing our local communities, getting people into, you know, entry level positions and working their way up through the system and, you know, doing whatever you can at the national level. But your, your ability to impact that really is going to be, again, 5, 10, 15, 20 years out from, you know, local action where you can be more effective. Um, and then, you know, and then hopefully if enough, if these dangerous things motivate enough people to do that for long enough, then we can look forward to, you know, kind of a, a rebirth and a revitalization of American constitutionalism. So I think everyone should do everything they can get their hands on. Of course, that is peaceful, that is honorable in line with constitutional principles, um, wherever, you know, they have, um, you know, wherever they are placed, whatever they have the means to do, do it. Uh, we often talk about the, the sort of short-term stuff here where you're talking about the political, you know, the next election or whatever. Um, kids are going back to school, though, and I think a big part of this is making sure these changes are made at levels way before mm -hmm. politics, making sure that kids are actually learning real things. They're not getting overrun by crazy, you know, woke, race, uh, you know, uh, anti-racist, uh, you know, teachings and all the nonsense that's going on in our schools. How important is it? And is that a good place for people to get involved in? Help your local school out. And over a long period of time, that really does make a difference. Oh, 100 percent. I mean, I think, you know, since we have if you ever have looked at an opinion poll and found yourself in, you know, the 15 to 30 percent and thought that, you know, the 50, 60, 70 percent is off their rocker. <laughs> <laughs> or if you have ever, you know, looked at a poll and said, oh, my goodness, you know, maybe 25, 30 percent of Americans can name one Supreme Court justice, can't name their senators. You know, this is a failure of our, you know, our, of other of our institutions of society to bequeath to the next generation the mental and the character tools that they need to be self-governing human beings. And so just like, you know, election reform and FBI reform starts in your local community with primarying bad Republicans, primarying bad Democrats, getting, you know, the, the rhinos, the do-nothings, the cowards out of office, um, you know, and, and, and ensuring election integrity with your own eyes as a poll watcher or something else. So, you know, so again, American justice and restoration of self-government begins with you making sure that your children, your grandchildren, the children on your block and your community have access to a legitimately American education that teaches them to be self-governing. Frankly, right now, most public schools are not constituted to do that. They do exactly the opposite. And the proof of that is in those polls that I talked about. You know, the majority of Americans are public school educated and the majority of them cannot name the three branches of government. <laughs> you know, so I think all of those sorts of things are an indictment of that system. They require Americans. Look, if you have if you have grandkids, if you have kids, if you have nieces and nephews, help their parents be able to keep a parent at home and homeschool. Subsidize your kids. Help them, you know, pay for private school school tuition, help your church offer private vouchers to kids, you know, to, to homeschool, to keep a mom at home, um, you know, to, to offer, you know, get together a homeschool co-op. You know, there's as many ideas as, and situations as there are people. So I can't tell you the one thing you must do because everyone's situation is different, you know, but get 
your own children and your grandchildren and those closely connected to you educated. It is your responsibility. And, um, you know, people failing to do that is maybe the number one reason that our country is in the state that it is right now. Mm, yeah, it's, it's so true. I mean, so many of these problems seem so big and so impossible to do anything about. But like the education of your kids is something you can actually help and change and make better. And, and it helps your community and it helps the country long term. Uh, Joy Pullman, she's executive editor of The Federalist. Uh, thanks so much for coming back on the program. I really appreciate it. Thank you for having me. Well, maybe you live in a crazy blue state and uh, the education system there, you're just, you've given up. And you're like, I'm moving, I'm finding a red state, I'm finding some other thing I can do with my life. And you're moving across the country. Maybe you're like imprisoned for a year or so because of COVID. And you're thinking, I need to go somewhere else. Well, when you are moving, you need the best real estate agent you can possibly find. And that's the place to go to find that person is realestateagentsitrust.com. Now, if you're selling your home, really important that you have a great agent as well. People who know the market, who know what repairs you need to do, what repairs you should skip, uh, who know when an offer comes in, you know, I don't want to take the highest offer. It might be the, the, the second highest offer might be a lot more solid and might save you a lot of hassle and headache. You need to have someone who understands this stuff from beginning to end, and you can find the best agent in your area at realestateagentsitrust.com. It's a company Glenn started a while ago to help you screen through real estate agents and get the best in your area. Buying or selling, it's realestateagentsitrust.com, realestateagentsitrust.com. It might still really be hot out there, especially if you're in Texas, but I promise you, fall just around the corner. So why not get ready for the cooler months, the midterms, and the pumpkin spice latte season with new limited edition socks from The Blaze. They're comfortable, they're fun to show off to your conservative friends, and they're sure to irritate those liberal haters you might not even want to be around. There's only one catch, just like Joe Biden's grip on reality. These socks are for a limited time only, and they're beginning to go on by August 22nd, which is what, 11 days from now? Kick leftism where it hurts with a foot covered in a Blaze sock. Yes, Blaze Media's conservative socks. They feature Ron DeSantis, Donald Trump, Glenn Beck, and so many more. Uh, you're going to love them, and they're at BlazeSocks.com. Get them before they're gone. Blaze TV subscribers get an extra treat if they use the code BLAZESUB. Get 20% off your purchase. That code is only available to Blaze TV subscribers. Again, it's BlazeSocks.com. Use the code BLAZESUB for 20% off if you're a Blaze TV subscriber. Thanks for supporting America, American jobs, American values. It's all good. Blaze Socks. Sometimes, sometimes I'm a little pessimistic on the future of our country. And sometimes I say things that I shouldn't say, like, you know, like a good chunk of Americans are really dumb. And that's just me. That's a mean thing to say. I shouldn't say things like that. I've got two kids and I tell them all the time not to say things like that. I shouldn't say things like that. But the problem is it's so true. I, I'm trying not to say it, but it's so true. Let me give you an example of this. They did a poll. Now, we did a lot of polling on abortion, 62422, stewdoesmerch.com. Make sure you get the code stew10 to save yourself 10%. 62422 is the date that the Supreme Court overruled Roe versus Wade. And what did we see leading up to that and afterward? The apocalypse, the handmaid's tale, right? Uh, we, women have no rights. Uh, the, the world, it's, it's, a, it's, it's all over for women. And 
We saw poll after poll after poll that said, generally speaking, the American people don't want Roe versus Wade to go away. And I kept saying, like, they don't know what Roe versus Wade is. And you know they don't know. They know it's abortion related. They think it means all abortions going away no matter what. And you know that and I know that. And they would act like they didn't know it. And they'd keep reporting it. Oh, people overwhelmingly want Roe versus Wade to stay in place. No, they don't. Well, so they decided to actually ask a poll about what the ruling, you know, said, which was, hey, states will get to uh, look at this and vote representatives and they'll have statewide votes and they'll set the rules in the states. How about that idea? That's what the, the Dobbs case did. Sent it back to the states. Right. So they decided to ask a poll about that. Do Americans want to be voting on Roe versus Wade on rights, uh, abortion rights uh, at the state level? Is that how abortion should be handled? Well, you won't be surprised to hear that 77 percent of Republicans agreed with that. 67 percent of independents and 73 percent of Democrats, 73 percent of Democrats support the Dobbs ruling and what it did. Now, you might say, well, that's, you should be thrilled about that. What an incredible thing, Stu. Well, I would not place myself in the 67% of independents, or I mean, I'm on the right side of independents, but 77% of Republicans. I would not put myself there because I don't think you should be able to vote to end the life of a child. That doesn't seem to make sense to me at all. But beyond that, it clearly shows that people had no idea what Roe versus Wade actually did and now are in a position where they're getting exactly what they want and yet they still say it's the handmaid's tale. This nation has a lot of dumb people in it. I don't think you're one of them, but I bet you know a bunch of them. I bet you do. Eric Adams might be one of them. I got to say, Eric Adams seems to be pretty stupid. He's playing directly into the hands of Greg Abbott. Greg Abbott, the governor here in Texas in a uh, race against an insane piece of human garbage, Beto O'Rourke. And, you know, Look, he did this thing where he started busing immigrants from Texas to places like Washington, D.C. And when he started doing it, I said I even said it on the show. Look, it's pretty much symbolic. I don't think it's going to change immigration policy, Uh, but it's kind of a good stunt. It's certainly going to play to the base. It's Texas. It'll probably work out well, but I couldn't have imagined it working out this well because really stupid people like the mayor of Washington, D.C. and Eric Adams are just saying the quiet part out loud. Now that they're having busloads of illegal immigrants show up at their uh, doors, they're saying, well, we don't want those people here. We want them allowed across the border, of course, but not in our communities. NIMBY, not in my backyard. And they're getting so angry about this. Greg Abbott's just sending more and more buses Uh, because this could not possibly be working out any better for Greg Abbott. And Eric Adams continues to play directly into his hands. But that's good news for me. Because I live in a state that theoretically could be governed by Beto O'Rourke. So I really want Greg Abbott to win. Uh, but uh, it's just an amazing thing. He, he, Greg Abbott could not possibly have dreamed that these officials would come out and publicly complain about illegal immigrants showing up by the hundreds. When he's got them by the thousands every day, they're getting hundreds a month and they're sitting here whining and complaining about it. Uh, and finally, NFL. I think there's some preseason tonight. We've got the Eagles tomorrow night. I know you're all going to be watching that Eagles preseason game. Uh, Deshaun Watson is going to start 
uh, for uh, Cleveland in their preseason game. Now, his suspension starts for the first six games of the regular season, so he can play the preseason games. Uh, he's got the biggest contract guaranteed in NFL history. So it's sort of a tale of two quarterbacks here. As Deshaun Watson will get all this money, millions and millions of dollars, and he will be playing football while Tim Tebow, who was vilified by the media because he prayed, well, he's doing something else. He's decided to fight against human trafficking. <laughs> he's helping out. First of all, he's helping out uh, disabled children, and he's fighting human trafficking. He's the enemy, but we're supposed to love. To, so if you, the problem is these guys work against each other because if, if Tim Tebow wins the battle against human trafficking, who will be the next masseuse for Deshaun Watson? I don't know. I don't know, but we'll have to find out. That story is still yet to be told. Back in a second. We have a little bit of a deal, you and I. I give you a selection of somewhat coherent words, and you click like on this video. That's all. Maybe subscribe to the podcast. Rate and review the podcast as well. Five stars is the appropriate number of stars. This one comes in. Stu is the worst. How dare you insult the intelligence of Chunk? He would have been a better senator than any Democrat and even many Republicans. Now, Chunk was the fat kid on Goonies, right? I would never insult Chunk. He was brilliant. The truffle shuffle? That was fantastic. I, it was sloth, I was saying. He was... You're dumber than Sloth. Now, Sloth actually might be intelligent. I'm, I'm not sure. And certainly more intelligent than many of our senators. Uh, this one comes in as well. Five stars. It's great. Whatever. Nice tie clip. It's true. It's a very nice tie clip. And I will say, it's always okay to rate five stars and then just say, it's great. Whatever. You don't need to go on. You don't need to be long-winded. Just go ahead. Do it. We appreciate it. Uh, this one comes in on YouTube. You can comment there as well. Make sure to like the video if you're on YouTube. Well, tons of wages are up from before the pandemic because employers were forced to overpay people way more than they're worth to try to get them into work because the government was paying them times more than they were worth to stay at home. It's true. The government did help with that inflation there, too. It's not just the spending. It's all the policies, too. Stu just does it better. You know the right way? He does it like that. That's uh, true with some things. Um, Charbroil Beefcake writes, algorithmic engagement comment with five stars on top. Remember, the algorithm robots love you when you comment, so do that below. Like, share, do all the things, and we will see you tomorrow.